Hello, this is Emery Melhoff, your host for today's North Dakota Farm Bureau Straight Talk podcast. And I'm sitting here once again with Representative Bill Devlin. Representative Devlin sat down and chatted about his experience with his running mate, Representative Vigasa, being in the legislature for how many years did you say, Bill? About 20 years. About 20 years. But today we're sitting down and we're talking about um, districting and redistricting and, and everything that's entailed and what it is. So let's just start out by asking, what is a legislative district? Well, essentially, I'm really, under the one person, one vote, every citizen deserves equal representation. So you do that, you have to divide up your state into legislative districts. All of the equal size are within 5% of the equal size. As North Dakota shrinks in the rural areas and the population is less, it creates problems for hmm. rural North Dakota. Presently, we have rural legislative districts that are supposed to have 14,310 people. In my legislative district, there are essentially four and a half counties. Now, after the new census numbers that came out this week, if we stayed in 47 districts, we'd have to have 16,580-some people in it. So Because of total population. Total population, so okay. another 2,200 people. There is no way to find 2,200 more people in my hmm. legislative district or any other rural one. So you have to take from another legislative district, usually a rural one, next hmm. to you, because it'll take a whole county. Like Representative Vigasaw said earlier on the segment that we were doing, Greg's County has about 2,500 people. Well, that's about what a rural district like ours would be short. So you'd have to pull a, one of those counties into yours. Well, if you did that, the district next to you now would all of a sudden be short 4,000 people or more. You know, okay. so it just, it's like a domino thing. Once you start that, you're going to lose rural districts. And, you know, as, as rural North Dakota has lost population, Fargo has gained a lot. Some of Western North Dakota has gained and Bismarck has gained. Grand Forks a little bit, but even Jamestown is down. You know, so we're going to be making some drastic changes when we redistrict. And I know there's going to be a number of, number of them that are going to be uh, completely changed. There's no way to do it and, and maintain mm -hmm. the population that we have to do under the Constitution. So this 14,100, is that right? That you well, said? It was 14,310 present. Okay, so 14,310 uh, the way it was yeah. uh, based on the last census, right. so 10 years ago. Yeah. And we're looking at 16... Well, if we stay with 47 districts, it's 16,589. Okay, so 16,589. And, and those are those are taking North Dakota's total population yeah. and, and dividing it by 47. It by 47. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. But to do that, like I said, you'd have to have over 2,200 more people into a district like mine from somewhere. Yeah. And there's nowhere to get them. Right. You know, so... Something, right. Something has to work. There's going to be some rural districts so, disappear. So while North Dakota population-wise is growing, it's not disseminating across the no. state. It's yeah. all pretty consolidated yeah. in those big cities. In the big cities okay. and in parts of western North Dakota. Okay. You know, and hopefully the energy boom will continue. And, yeah. you know, we have some concerns there with the change in administration. I'm very concerned what's happening to rural North Dakota and what will happen. Like Representative Vigasaw said earlier when we were visiting in another segment, you know, the leadership in the House is mostly rural. Mm -hmm. Chet Pollard from District 29, you know, from Carrington. I don't know that there's anybody that knows more about farming or ranching and more supportive of farming or ranching <laughs> yeah. than Chet Pollard. Yeah. Our state legislature has the responsibility every 10 years. Is that right? Yeah. So every 10 years when the new census data comes out, they look at our state and they're like, okay, let's see where our population is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we have to divide the population, total population in our state by the number of districts that we think 
we would want to have. And the legislature does that? legislature does that. That's okay. not the same in all states. In some okay. states, they have um, independent commissions that do that. But in North Dakota, there's a legislature that does that. Okay. And so, let's see, 10 years ago, that would have been 2011. And then 2001 before that. Is it a redistricting committee that yes. gets together? Okay. Yes. And it's made up of how many legislators? I can't tell you right now. I'm, I'm sorry. It's probably about 14. It's, okay. It's representation from both parties, both, okay. both chambers. Uh, chaired by last, the last one was chaired by Senator Holmberg out of Grand Fork. Okay. I've served on the two before. I believe I will serve on this one again. That's up to, in our chamber, that's up to Leader Pollard. And uh, I hope I'm not repeating myself on this segment. Uh, no. We normally have all these numbers in the spring. Yeah. By the yeah. End of April, yeah. Preliminary by March. And now we're not going to get them till this fall. And then we have to have a plan together voted on by the legislature in December. Yeah. Normally, we would be having meetings all over the state during the summer to talk about potential districts. We aren't going to have that kind of time. So. Okay. So we're obviously looking at much fewer rural districts, potentially adding to more districts. Maybe we could just back up and talk about how do they draw the lines. So I know in some states, we were chatting about Indiana earlier, when the when the Democrats were in the majority over there, they drew, they drew one circle over here, and one circle over here. And then they connected it with like a, a railroad. So it almost looked like a pair of glasses because they wanted to keep their control. What how does that look like in North Dakota? Yeah, it, it does not look like that. <laughs> you know, they, in some of the states that's called gerrymandering. And they've done, they've done some of that. Certainly, but we have tried not to do that in the state. And I think overall, both parties would say the process has been fair, but it's still, it's not going to be any fun. Yeah. You know, from somebody that's represented rural North Dakota my whole life, I'm just, I'm just not feeling good about the outcome. And, you know, the jury is still out, so to speak, on whether we even go up, back up to 49 districts. I just think it works better for the state and obviously it works better for rural North Dakota if we can add a couple more districts and and it adds very little cost. I think 10 years ago when we looked at it, it was like 25 cents a person in the state of North Dakota for a year that it would cost. You know, it isn't the cost, uh, but you know, the urban people may decide we have enough districts, but you know, they've been awful good for us to work with in my years here. Mm -hmm. So I think we'll, We'll put together a plan that both parties can support and uh, bring it up. And, you know, but there's going to be some legislators that maybe just ran in 20 that are going to have to run again because yeah. of district change. Before we used the number of your district change, more than 25% had to run again. I gotcha. But you're also going to have somewhere, maybe two incumbent legislators from two different districts end up in the mm-hmm. same district now. So they're going to obviously have to run. You mm-hmm. know, but so- it will work out. So let's like get like a little map image in our minds if if we can. So if we have a district in Fargo, yeah, and um, can you throw a district out there, a small district in Fargo? What would be a good oh, twenty one or twenty one? Yeah. Okay, and then we have like a rural district. What would be a good example of well, a even, even mine? Yeah, twenty three. Yeah. Now I can guarantee Emery that there are people in Fargo in their district that can walk to their district. Hmm. So we almost imagine their districts getting smaller, yeah. like space wise. Yeah, I, I don't know if they'll get much smaller, but there could change a lot. There's a lot of population. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But ours, you know, we, we're well over 100 miles from one end to the yeah. other. Yeah. 
can and so that's going to get can, bigger. Yeah, we can put three, three, yeah. four hundred miles on in a day, just running to different pe- meetings that people would like us at. You know, it's a whole different world. I mean, when you talk yeah. to an urban legislator, can walk to their whole district. That you know, they just don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, you know, they're, they've been always very supportive of the rural part of the state. It boils down to the numbers, and we don't have the numbers to keep the districts we have now. Yeah, I, obviously, we're still waiting on all those numbers. But do you have any idea how many will flip to be more urban districts or? We just I don't think, know. I think, honestly, there will be three or four less rural districts. Um, but, you know, some of that, you could have a rural district. I'm trying to think of an example. But 22 is a rural district, but it's in Cass County, so it's right yeah. around Fargo. So there's a lot of population. And I would guess that they're probably quite a bit over the numbers right now that they will need. So they will probably have to shed some numbers, so to speak, to another district around them. So that's also helpful to a rural district to say, like, maybe 20 or hmm. one of those other ones. I mean, the concerns are definitely not unfounded. If you if you think back, like to the 1700s when our founding fathers <laughs> established our our nation, um, one of their biggest concerns was obviously representation of our population, um, which is why we have the House of Representatives. But they saw how important representation of property was. And um, that's why we have the Senate, which we have two senators for every state and and the congressmen obviously vary uh, because they understood that the property, although there's fewer people out there, plays a significant role in the economic contribution to the state and the in the makeup of the people. And so they and so they were aware of that. Why do you think North Dakota doesn't have something similar like that, where we see representation on the Senate level for property and representation on the House level? Is that is that just silly? Or <laughs> well, I don't it, know if it's silly. But I don't think it's realistic that a, yeah. that a say a Cass County with hundred thousand people or whatever they had will think it's fair. You see yeah. that argument even on the national level. North Dakota, based on population has a lot more representation in, say, a California or something, yeah. you know, so. And, and you're right, public opinion is shifting yeah. more to the populace. What do you think it's going gonna, it's gonna to look like 10 years from now? Do you think we're going to keep the trend of growing urban areas versus rural? Um, I know, I, I really don't, but I, I mean, the trend has been that way for decades. Yeah. You know? I'm old enough to remember when there was essentially a farm on every section. Now you can you can drive miles and miles and not see a farm right in some of these rural areas, or hmm. you'll see a, a farm light. There'll be no house, just a you know farm buildings on a yard, and that is just it, it's just scary to me. So, what is the hope then for our rural communities? Is there anything that we can do on an individual level or on a state level um, to really encourage our rural communities and, and encourage their population, or is it just? just going to be a sign of of the future where people want to live in the city and not in the country. Yeah. That's really a tough one. I think rural districts that, that are supporting people that, that get into leadership, that have seniority and those type of things, I think that's vital to looking ahead to rural North Dakota. Hmm. I mean, a freshman legislator, the greatest freshman legislator in the world, isn't going to have much power. They can vote yes or no. But you take somebody like Representative Vigasov from my district who chairs an appropriations committee, or like we talked about Representative Pollard, or Representative Robin Weiss from uh, District 14 chairs the Human Service Committee I'm on. You know, just, I would tell you, almost a national expert on many of the human service type issues. Mm -hmm. You know, we cannot afford to lose that type of person, and I worry about that as there are less and less incumbent rural legislators. Yeah. 
that just shows the importance of us as, as young producers and, and people that want to live in the rural areas really looking ahead and saying, okay, we got to tell our stories to those urban, to the urban legislators so that they understand um, what rural North Dakota is like and the heritage that we have. You know, the farm equipment is so much bigger. It takes a lot fewer people. Farm. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, there was a lot of farms with milk cows and different things, and there were a lot of big families out there. I don't see that in my particular area at the present time. So. Do you think if we had more agricultural development, if we had more pig barns, if we had more poultry barns, if we if we had more or dairy barns like other states like Indiana and Iowa and even our even our friends to the south, South Dakota, do you think we would see an increase in the in the rural populations? Because obviously those facilities take a lot more people. I, I believe you would. I don't know if there's a way to do that or not, but I believe you would because they're labor intensive. Yeah. A lot of those yeah. jobs take a lot of people to make it work. I see animal agriculture things that might take 30 or 60 days to get permitted in the state of South Dakota or Minnesota that somebody here might take three or four years to permit. That just should not be. Yeah. The, thing, the animal agriculture project you're talking about is exactly the state in either state. Mm-hmm. We should not be able to delay the permits process so long that they yeah. That's really a good word of warning for our listeners out there. If there's people in your area who are interested in building these facilities, there's a lot of advantage that that could be gained on the local level because you can bring those people back and then strengthen your community and even give yeah. you more power on the statewide. So Absolutely. Animal yeah. agriculture could be a real key to rural North Dakota yeah. if we let it develop the way that it should. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Representative Devlin. Is there anything else regarding redistricting or anything else that you would like to add? Sage words of wisdom? <laughs> um, no, I just thank you and Pete for what you do for Farm Bureau for representing the uh, farmers of our state. That I, I deal, and I'm not saying that this because you and I are sitting here and you can edit it all. <laughs> I, I deal with a lot of lobbyists for a lot of different groups. And you and Pete are the two of the most respected people in Bismarck. And I, we greatly appreciate you, what you do for representing rural North Dakota. And yeah. I want to thank you very much. Well, thank you so much, Representative Devlin. And um, we feel the same way about you, just all the work that you've done for the North Dakota Farm Bureau on behalf of all of our producers and members out there. And um, you and Representative Vigasa and, and the rural leadership that you mentioned that are upstairs have been great to work with. So just have only have uh, appreciation for you guys. So thanks for a great session. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Have a good day. Well, this week for Pete's Pause, I'm going to talk about redistricting. Redistricting is something that happens uh, every 10 years uh, after the census. We do reapportionment. This is something that's built into our Constitution and has been happening since the first census way back in the 1700s. And it's important for our system that we know that we have fair and equitable districts that, that represent everyone in our country, and it certainly is important in a rural state like North Dakota. So what we look forward to in redistricting in our state is uh, the preservation of communities of interest and the preservation of rural districts. As populations shift and populations change, sometimes it's easy for more urban and, and certainly uh, inner city districts to grow and uh, 
rural districts to become bigger and have less influence. And so we want to minimize that as much as possible and make sure that agriculture and the rural people of this state are well represented in any legislature going forward. We're fortunate in North Dakota in one regard in that our population is small enough we don't have to worry about congressional redistricting because we have a one-district state. Uh, And so that doesn't change too much. But these state legislative districts are really important to uh, our our people and uh, the rural people of North Dakota. I think it's important for people to understand why rural districts should have their fair shake in any redistricting process. The rural taxpayers of this state, the people who own a lot of the property in this state, really pay a disproportional share of the property taxes that pay for the goods and services that other people are able to take advantage of. And so I think it's important that those folks get a fair shake and know that they will be well represented in any future legislature. So we want to see how those district lines will be redrawn. We know that uh, some districts may uh, compress, some districts may completely go away and be shifted to another part of the state. We already have some districts that are as large as many states on the East Coast. Uh, we have a district, two districts, in fact, that are uh, rivaling the size of New Hampshire, and they are just, you know, a district where one state senator represents uh, big a landmass as uh, everyone in New Hampshire. But uh, you know, when we when we look at uh, how we preserve. Our interests in this state, we think about keeping the communities of interest together, meaning uh, if there's a school district that crosses a county line, keeping that school district together. If there's a a town or a city that is on the county line, keeping those folks all together in one community of interest. And just looking out for the rural people of North Dakota so that our legislature fairly represents everyone and is not just a legislature Uh, representing uh, the big municipal areas in the state. So this has been Pete's One Minute Pause with a little more than one minute this time. We'll see how redistricting plays out when the legislature gets back together to uh, draw the lines and pass this uh, legislation uh, late this year uh, going into the 2022 election cycle. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Straight Talk with NDFB. You can find Straight Talk with NDFB on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere else you can find podcasts. Please hit subscribe and keep a lookout for our next podcast. Podcast.